Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. As always, joining me is two guys that picked up a possibility of six points, a roll victory, a win against that pick team. It's Matt and Shanair Duran II. I almost missed up the introduction because, guys, we are, what, three points away from locking up a playoff spot? And I swore four games ago we was ready to burn the whole house down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and to top it off, four wins in a row. Yeah, four wins yeah. on the bounce. <laughs> yeah, you know, blacking out the league. You know, broke out the old school uh, black Henry Kalungi jersey in celebration of uh, the team going full Darren, all black all the time. You know, in attire at home nowadays. We'll ignore the whole gray piece last night, but uh, gotta celebrate. Yeah, I, look, man. I know a lot of people want to talk about stats. And rightfully so, but let's talk about the stats that more or less matter. This team, what, went three, almost three, well, they went 300 minutes, not giving up a goal. Akira's had three clean sheets. This team has played almost great defensive soccer outside of the one moment against North Texas. Akira in the Ford Madison match, most importantly, all right, we're definitely going to talk about the two games. But in the Fort Madison match, he didn't face a shot on goal, and he didn't have to make a save. Like, those are some impressive stats. And right now, I know a lot of people might want to talk about style and stuff like that. More or less, we know how the kickers play. But if it leads to a win, I'm kind of happy with it. And to get four straight wins after this team was struggling to get back-to-back draws, I feel pretty good about both. What about you guys? Um, yeah, but- um, yeah, I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon about this. I mean, I don't think I expected – if you would have told me before the Toronto game that the kickers are going to drop four wins back-to-back, I'd have laughed at you with the way things were going. Um, ever since that Toronto game, the kickers have just been steamrolling forward and haven't looked back, and it's been a complete turnaround. I mean, you, you can see the team looks fired up. Mm-hmm. They go out on the, on, the, on the pitch believing that they can win. And it, it, you can kind of see it in the way they play and their attitude. Um, there hasn't been too much in terms of tactical change. I think it's just been just more assertiveness from the players. I think they're more in control of what they're doing. They're more sure of themselves. I, you get to September, you get to October. You know what I preferred style play is? Three points. You, know, <laughs> you can worry about being fancy. You can worry about you know playing you know, you know teams the quote unquote right way. You know early part of the season, wherever hits the road, and you got to get you know results. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you know it's you know cheap little own goals here and there. I don't care if it's you know world beating you know goals. I don't care if it's tap ins. Give me the three points. Satisfied. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, very much true. Well, let's go ahead. Let's let's start talking about this Fort Madison game because this is the game where Saturday. I don't know about you guys, but I was just I was very much on edge. I'm always on edge when it comes to kicker game, first and foremost, but definitely like Kenny Darby's. And I was just like, all right, are we going to see a repeat of 
the second game where we kind of dominated the whole game, but then Foreman Madison makes a break, and now we're down a goal, and now we're fighting to get back. And that wasn't the case at all. You know, in this game, from the kind of the offset, the kickers pretty much controlled the whole Evan place of the game. There were kind of moments where Fort Madison kind of held the ball a little bit, but they were more so passing east to west, but the kickers were really trying to get the ball upfield. The goal comes in the eighth minute from Trezaghi, which is a wonderful cross from Chris Cole, who I don't know what it is, but he specifically has made that left back spot his. He's kind of taken it over from Monty, who, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were like, all right, this is his spot. Like, let him run with it. Chris Cole, a guy that was kind of signed um, in the middle of the year, has came in and made made that spot his. And he has a wonderful assist to Trezaghi. The ball kind of skips past the goalkeeper. Trezaghi being the pro that he is, gets on the end of it. And even since then, like, naturally, we were all thinking, like, at, at that moment, Matt Shannon, I'm pretty sure you guys were thinking the same thing. Like, the kickers are naturally going to drop off. Four managers are going to start peppering shots on Akira. And we're going to have to pray and hope that that one of them goes in. But that wasn't even the case, you know? No. That goal went in. You knew the game was over. Rules of that matchup are first goal wins. <laughs> this is also true. Basically, Period. yep. The Henny Darby is the first goal who wins uh, type of type of picture. <laughs> it's the golden goal without it being the golden goal. Golden yeah. ball rule. Eighth minute, game over. Yeah, and and, the rest of the game is just a formality at that point. Just <laughs> and you know what it was, yeah, because Madison looked like they would rather be anywhere else but City Stadium. The rest Yo, of that game, they. <clears throat> I don't know what it was, but they looked. They looked like they did not want to be there. Like, it, I don't know what it was, man. Like, did that even have a shot of goal? You know, not to try? Like, what? I mean, they didn't have that many not on goal either, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think one of the key performers in this game is Neil Vigneault. Over the last couple of weeks, I think the reason why the kickers have been on this winning streak, of course, we can talk about Jalen, we can talk about Vaughn, we can talk about Kara. Zaka, I think really Neil really deserves it because of the fact of how how great he's been in connecting, you know, the off the defense and the attack. Um, I know at the beginning part of the year we were kind of just like, all right, what's his role? You know, is he the number ten or is he kind of like a number eight or you know what, what's his natural role? And I think this four three three that Darren's been playing has really benefited him because, granted, he's out on the left side, but he kind of falls into the midfield, kind of the same thing with Matt. But they can do so Matt and Neil did such a great job of connecting the play and being patient on the ball. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean I wouldn't even call him a left sided midfielder. I think the way we're playing, we just have three central midfielders and it's how advanced they are. And mm-hmm. yeah, they might drift a little bit to one side or the other depending on uh you know flow of the game and everything. But I think you know what Darren's found the right combination of guys that you know click and fit well together in there with Zaka, Neil, and Boldick. Uh, you know, we mentioned this last time. He moved Ethan Bryant uh, in more outside on you know that wing role, which I, I would have never thought would have worked, but it's ended up working out quite well. You know, getting I think Boldick you know fits a little bit better. He's got a he's I don't want to say that other guys aren't willing to because I think we have guys who are, but Boldick's kind of a a bulldog up front. So you're able to surround Neil with, you know, 
Bulldog, Bulldog kind of, you know, next to him in front of him and Zaka, a Bulldog right behind him and, you know, frees him up, you know, to be able to do what he does a little bit better, which, you know, on, on defense is helping to, you know, you know shield guys and uh, move them in a certain direction. And, you know, in the attack, it's being able to you know, make those connecting passes. So I think it's, you know, getting the right uh, style of players around him that's really helped out the most. Yeah. What about you, Samir? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, uh, Matt, fully. Um, another thing that I feel that has helped is the, for lack of a better term, the ambiguity of our lineup, of our formation. Um, it's, it's, like you said, Matt, it's been a surprise that Ethan Bryant worked on the wing but he's not completely a winger. Like the way the kickers play, like between him and Matt, like it's like sometimes throughout the game, they'll switch. They'll switch. So you'll see Matt float out on the wing, uh, Ethan come inside. And, and that, that can really put off a defense. Uh, when, when people aren't where they're supposed to be, quote unquote, as a defender in the defender's eyes, it can really throw things off. And, I think that's one thing that has helped the kickers a lot is the fact that a fullback doesn't know if he's going to have to go up. This time the kickers are coming up the field. Am I going to be going up against Ethan or am I going to be going up against Matt? Who should I step to? Who should I cover? And I think that has helped a lot in terms of providing a little bit more of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Jeez, it just, just – a, a lack of unpredict unpredictability. There you go. An unpredictability <laughs> in our attack. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that. We're going to finish your portion here, my bad. No, because the thing is, like on that left <laughs> side, you know, you know, Bolanos is going to go. You know, he, he's going to he's going to go for the challenge that fullback to a race, and we'll see who gets it first. He's maybe going to faint for that race and maybe cut inside, but he's going to play the winger's role. On the right side, if you're defending against the kickers, you don't really know what's going to happen. And I think that's one thing that we had been looking for for a long time. It's like we need something unpredictable. Those kickers are way too predictable. Other teams have been able to look at, oh, we're going up against the kicker. We know exactly what they're going to do. Now, especially with this change, with Ethan Bryant coming in, adding that element, it's different. It's other teams, they don't really know how to handle the Ethan Bryant, Matt Baldock conundrum. I don't know if it's just that either. I think, you know, you think back, you know, to where the goal really came from this game, you know, it came from, you know, Chris Cole getting high, you know, up the field. You know, we've seen, you know, Calvo advancing a little bit more up the field than he had in the past. You know, and when the offense was, you know, going better at the beginning of the year, that's when Monty was able to get higher up. You know, the field. We think back to last year when Antley was really able to get involved in the attack. You know, I think Darren's offense, you know, is a lot more effective and a lot more dynamic when he's able to get the fullbacks high up the field and involved. You know, Cole's got the assist, you know, uh, on Wednesday. He had that assist, uh, assist on, you know, Emmy's, you know, double post goal, you know, down in, you know, Greenville. Uh, you know, so I think that's, you know, builds a lot more to it as well is that. You know, the midfield being effective, you know, gives, you know, a little more opening, a little more freedom to, you know, our outside backs to be able to, you know, to push higher up the field and involve themselves in the attack instead of it always, you know, just being, you know, bombing the long ball and hoping Bolaños can get underneath it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Janair, you're doing a great job of explaining that Matt Bulldog and Ethan Bryan relationship because it's almost like when you play basketball, you have a center that can shoot threes. It's almost like the defender, you're kind of just like, all right, do I follow him to the three point line or do I stay in the low block? You know, but yeah. And, and then on the left side of it, it's totally different. Like, you know where Neil is going to play, you know where Belongings is going to be. There's no real interchange between them. Yeah, so it's kind of cool to see that dynamic. Yeah, but also, and then adding what Matt said on top of that now, because from what you were saying, Matt, before we weren't seeing our fullbacks pushing forward as much earlier on in the season. Um, and now with that, that's an added element that defenders have to deal with. Um, I think we, we've gone from a predictable team that can be shut down very easily to almost like a, a, a blitz attacking team like just all of a sudden everything is getting thrown at you and you have no idea where the punch is coming from so i don't know if i'm ready to go that far yet but <laughs> i mean i feel that that's that's the goal that is that is darren's goal in terms of his elements in terms of bringing the fullbacks up not being sure who's gonna who's gonna be attacking that wing whether it's gonna be matt bulldock or ethan bryant it's it it creates a lot more a lot more ambiguity in the attack. And I think over time, if he can keep this system running over time, it's going to be like really hard to deal with. Really, really hard to deal with. You can see the beginnings of it now. Well, yeah, definitely. It seems to be a positive thing. I think this is probably Darren's most impressive home win uh, thus far this year, just because of, I mean, granted, for a Madison, they put out a great showing, but to still be able to limit the team to no shots on goal, only two, um, and kind of make them – granted, they have more possession, they have more passes, but if you look at the, the majority of those passes, they were kind of between the back four, going back and forth, back and forth, really trying to break down Richmond. So it's an impressive victory for the boys and how they played. Um, moving on to probably – the most impressive uh, role victory, um, the one that all of us were probably all shocked to see, Richmond 2-1 over North Texas. Guys, it, it was impressive. <laughs> Let's just start with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, Ryo scored the goal uh, closer to the middle end of the first half, I, I had a feeling like, oh, oh, this is there. There goes the, there goes the three points. I was like, we might get one back, but every kicker should have had that position. As, we as, all felt as, uh, But when the ball got put back in the middle and they started playing again, my idea was changing a bit because you didn't see the heads hang. You didn't see this kind of going into the corner and holding up the holding up the gloves just to, to, to damage control you you saw a team that was like all right okay you got a punch in now let me give now my turn and and you you really saw a kicker's team that wasn't scared of being down one nil and that made me think oh wait a minute, hold on there's something in this <laughs> it yeah, took it all the way thing. until like much later in the game for the goals to come but they were coming yeah, because I think what right after North Texas scored, Belongos had a chance right off the inside post. Yep, outside and, the post. You know, yeah, outside post. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it was that was even great. I I was saying it um, on Twitter. 
that the only thing the kickers really needed to change, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, was the transition from offense to defense. It was just a little bit too slow. And you know against a team like North Texas, if you're slow in that and you give them a chance to get behind the ball and be able to build, they're going to be deadly, you know. And we had two uh, <laughs> near-death experience in this game. Jalen Chrysler's uh, forehead, I think he's up for statehood because I think that man's forehead has saved us so many times this year. Oh, that goal line save. Oh, my goodness. My heart was in my chest. <laughs> I mean, my heart was in my throat. Like, it was – oh, gosh. <laughs> but no, like, real, like that kind of play is also very smart for him because how many times have we seen a defender, like, because Zaka got beat. Zaka got put on his butt like it was an M1 mixtape. And how many times have you seen a defender kind of just look at it and be like, well, there's nothing I can really do. But instead, he realizes – him and Calvo both both realize, all right, let me fall back. Let me get back. And in doing so, he's the one that kind of saves it off the line. And he inadvertently pushes Calvo out of the way. Like, no, I got this. My forehead is here to save the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the, the fact that we're you know, talking about this, you know, on top of you know, the Ryo goal, on top of some of the other stuff, yeah, leads me to say that there's it was. I think saying that all that needed to be fixed was you know, you know transitioning from you know, defense to attack is a little simplistic. Yeah, the first half looked a lot like the bad times this year. You know, yeah, it was pinned in our own half pretty much you know the whole way through. Uh, you know, Akira bailed us out a couple times along the way. We got fortunate that they missed a couple of relatively easy ones you know, you know, through there. So. Um, yeah, that's very true. I'm yeah, just going to say that they uh, that it was an inevitable, you know, comeback. That it, you know, the team was, you know, on top of it the whole way through. I think they reacted well after half, uh, and you know, certainly that you know, uh, Bologna's look, you know, great, great ball played by Neil, by the way, to be able to set him up you know, for that opportunity. Uh, I think those are the kind of passes we haven't seen a lot you know, from anybody you know, this year, uh, but. What else happened in the first half? Yeah, nothing really. And I mean, when I you're, you're absolutely right, man. We probably are making it too simplistic, but it's just, I guess that was the biggest issue I was seeing because it led to so many things on why North Texas was getting chances. You know, because North Texas' whole game plan, if you realize the very on, was to try to take shots from deep. Granted, the goal that they scored on came comes inside the 18 yard box, but if I care if Avon's boot is literally half a size bigger. He clears it because he's just falling backwards on his head. Well, if if yeah. somebody marks the guy who starts his run from 40 yards away and has a clear <laughs> run, nobody near him the entire way through, that could have also helped stop the goal. Exactly. Well, I think that was Chris Cole, right? You can't even tell you know, when the screen starts you know, because uh, if you go back online and watch you know, the USL you know, clips, you can see Ryo making the run the whole time through and there's probably nobody within you know ten yards of him until he finally gets you know to the ball when you know obviously you know Yvonne's not that far away because he's not that far from goal at that point. Yeah. So I have no idea who is supposed to be marking him. But I mean, like you, you could tell North Texas game plan was we're going to take shots from deep because Akira is that tall and he's not going to be able to get up to be able to save these. If we get close, he's more more likely going to make an incredible save like he's done. 
in Chattanooga, in Toronto, in all these other games, leading the league in clean sheets, he's proven this. So that was pretty much their gameplay. It was kind of the same gameplay they had in the first game, taking taking these long shots and hoping, like, all right, we can beat them from out here. I think more so in the second half, you've seen Olex come on from Matt Baldock. I think just out the quickness of play improved a lot. You granted you saw you still saw the long balls, but you also saw them kind of hold up as this. You saw Neil kind of get onto the ball a little bit more and was able to kind of dictate play a little bit more. Um, I mean, going back to the goal, I think our biggest issue in that situation is the, what that pointed out to me the most with the goal was I have questions about whether Darren wants his wingers tracking back aggressively or not. Because Ryo technically was um, Bolaños' man. Calvo couldn't mark him. Calvo was caught between a rock and a hard place. There was a wide player for North Texas coming down that channel that if Calvo tucks all the way in to cover Ryo, that play is left wide open. Well, that, that, um, would, that would have been Cole out there. Calvo. Oh, Cal- oh I'm sorry. The yeah, ball. Cole. So, um, we, we, so, we crushed Calvo enough this year. You, you got to you know give him credit. <laughs> yeah. No, well. no. In this, in that situation, like Cole is 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 not at fault there. So if if Bolaños continues to uh, run backwards and stays with Ryo all the way through, that might be a much tougher situation, or at least a situation where Bolaños is close enough where Cole can direct him to marking the wide player and then Cole can completely commit to blocking off Raya. But in that mm-hmm. situation, Cole is in a situation where he has no help. He's got Ryo running in and he's got a winger coming wide. He, he's literally caught in the middle. And that's, that's why Ryo has all that space to run into. But everyone else is marking who they're supposed to mark. And Ryo is that extra man coming in that Bolaño should have followed him in because Bolaños was the closest man to him at the beginning of the play. Well, that's a fair assessment. Fair assessment. Um, I mean, we all know how the first half went. It didn't seem like the very old times, but I think the biggest difference in this game and, let's say, like the Rebs 2 game, the 3-1 losses, like Shanir Magubo pointed out, the players' energy just seemed to be different. Uh, granted, now a three-game winning streak, but also help that, you know, you feel a little bit better. You feel like you, the moments where things are 50-50, you feel like they can go their way. Um, and it kind of did so in the second half. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I w- so I went back today and exclusively went back and watched the second half because I was kind of missing it. I saw the goals and stuff. But do you guys feel like we were lucky a little bit? Oh, let me back up. In the whole scheme of this game, do you guys feel like we were a little lucky on some of the calls we were getting? Like, do you feel like there was a moment where, like, I think Matt had a tackle right at the top of the 18 yard box, and I was like, oh, I think he's about to get sent off. And then it was like, I guess not, because I don't remember that at all. (laughs) Really? Oh, man, I remember. It was in the first half. Like, Matt just came out of nowhere, just steaming down. (laughs) He, like, cleared out. I think there was another moment where Calvo. I think the ball got called out of bounds. It was out of bounds, but the ref said the ball was still in in the second half, and Calvin went to go clear the ball again. And I really thought, I was like, oh, this is about to be a penalty. Like, maybe I'm just conditioned to be pessimistic and think the worst when it comes to the kickers and hard fouls, but 
it seemed like we were a lot more aggressive in our tackles and playing the ball up forward than we were in the first half. I, mean, I think you know being aggressive can you know, create your own fortune sometimes too though, you know. So when you're out there, you know, push yourself a little bit more. You know, I think the human nature side of you know refereeing is going to you know, get you the benefit of the doubt that little bit more than if you're playing passive and still you know, committing essentially the same fouls. Uh, it's not it's not an airtight you know argument by any means. You, there's a reason aggressive teams pick up a lot more fouls, but you probably get away with a little bit more, you know, too, just because, you know, that whole mindset of, you know, can't call everything, you know, it's a stupid mindset, but it exists. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, I think that's a, a where the where referees are caught between this is a sport, but this is also entertainment, and they don't want to kill the entertainment by being too by the book. And a lot of times, certain teams will benefit from that, other teams will suffer from that. I mean, it, 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 it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, you got that. You, I mean, it happens. It happens. I mean, you look at, I mean, an, a perfect example is USA versus Jamaica the other day. <laughs> Literally within the first 20 seconds. Um, who was it? Was it Ariola gets dragged down last man back? And that technically hey, should be a look, red man, card. Look, man, no foul, okay? Is gonna, what red is going to – Huh? I say he didn't die, so it wasn't a foul. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is funny uh, you know, because I heard Elliot talking a lot for 45 minutes of that game, and I haven't heard him say a peep about it since. Because, <laughs> man, I was so tight. I don't want to talk about it, man. No, no, oh. it's cool. We're, we, hey, we are here to talk about winners. Today. Right, and the U.S. MBT isn't that right now. I mean, in that game, well, man, <laughs> how, how's your boys doing? Uh, we're in the, <laughs> hey, look, we're in there. Okay, we're here. And where? And where? <laughs> we're in the. We're in, what is it called? The Ocho? I forgot what it's called. We're here for yeah, Bob's. You're, you're you're in the basement department right now. Yep, pretty yeah. much. We're here for Bob's. As soon as we get eliminated, I'm back in the USA train. No, no, no. I'm trading in, no. I'm trading in my beef patties for hamburgers. <laughs> like that. Uh, I mean, I mean, looking at that situation, you see, by the book, that's a red card. That, yeah. that Jamaica player should have gotten a red card. But 20 seconds into the game, it wasn't like a cleaved up into the shins tackle. I, very few referees would have the courage to give that red card, especially in Tonkatown. We all know that. But, it, but it, at the end of the day, you're sometimes you're going to get lucky with those situations. Sometimes you're going to get lucky, and referees going to be like, "Oh, man, I don't want to kill this game off with a bad, with a with a, a an extremely strict call or extremely severe call." I'm going to kind of give it the benefit of the doubt and kind of let things play out, let the game flow. Yeah. And figuring out part of you know, being a player is figuring out, you know, the referee game to game too. This guy yeah. on Sunday, he was fine letting them play. You know, you want to get out four cards, none of them in the first half. And then, you know, Calvo and you know, Yvonne pick them up like, you know, back to back right at the start of the second half, you know, but Terry's only got called for 8,000 entire game. Yeah. You know, they figured out what he was willing to let them, Get away with what he 
wasn't willing to let them get away with. And there's an art to that. It is. And it seems like Darren is, I don't know if Darren's master art of, well, not Darren, but also like the kickers, that master art of uh, poop housery. Hey, Monty's been giving out lessons, But it seems to be working. Monty's been giving out lessons, yo. <laughs> poop housery. They've been having extra practice in poop housery. <laughs> Monty and Zocker are like, look, guys, this is how you get away with it, all right? <laughs> this is how it happens. It has to be this way. Um, but let's let's go ahead. Let's get into these goals. The first goal, Zaka, 81st minute. A way to open up your scoring sheet for your club. I got to say, it's, it's a beautiful I mean, goal. I mean, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That, that goal was... I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was really expecting that goal. I was really expecting that ball to go like 45 feet up in the air. Because <laughs> normally, like how many times you see the player just kind of like hit a ball like that and it just skies on him. Oh, but gosh. he hit, he hit it so he he hit it almost perfectly. I mean, for it to come off the underside of the bar like with authority like that, the only thing that would have made it perfect if it was like right in the corner. But just. I mean, there's no saving that. <laughs> like, I mean, he smacked that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, how? in what world was that not a literally a perfect shot? <laughs> it wasn't completely upper 90. <clears throat> upper 90 is always the perfect shot. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about a shot that comes off of the bottom of the crossbar and, like, smacks off the bottom of the crossbar and over the line. That's just so satisfying. I don't think that's what that one did. It went right off the crossbar and into the side netting. And no. Like, died in the side netting. Like, that's, it was crazy. The ball went off the crossbar and died in the side netting. <laughs> I'm yeah, really so trying to remember. It, it didn't bounce down off the bar, though. So, I mean, it tells me, you know, you clip the bottom of the bar still... You're going up right into the upper 90. Only no, no, I know it, is it, it was the, cool it to see the goalkeeper just go fly. It hit the side netting near the ground. So it went off the crossbar from the angle he's shooting it from. <clears> when it clips off the bottom of the crossbar, it's still going to the right. So it still ends up eventually as it's going down, hitting the bottom of the side netting before it hits the ground. And the, the side netting just kills it. The ball just lit. It didn't even bounce. It just it nestled in the bottom of the, of the side netting. Either way, everybody, you know, give USL all your uh, you know personal information because they require it. Because uh, if this doesn't win goal of the week, you know, then they should just stop having this competition. It'll, It'll be, be the second time. Up every the second time they every threw us over. I was going to say, you want you want to you know, do the honors and reference we it. Do this. We do this oh, every yeah. week. If we didn't get goal of the week, Ricardo had those two goals of the week. Against South Georgia in 2019, nothing will ever make up for it. They still owe me that. They, oh, they owe us. No, no, no. That was goal of the season. That's they owed us with that one. This <laughs> so I'm talking about Gallardo's. Gallardo's like messy esque dribbling past six players, putting six players on their behinds and scoring yeah. it. That should have okay. been goal of the season. This isn't. <laughs> I, this is definitely in the conversation of goal of the season this year. Like, because 
my goodness. I, I think the commentator lost his mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he lost his mind on the second one. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely it's definitely goal season for the kicker so far. Like, oh yeah, no, absolutely. This is, this is the kicker's best goal this season. That that was just off. We not going Belanio's uh shot over well, well against North Texas. <laughs> we not going with that one. <laughs> His you know missed cross. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see it up there for go being goal of the season. It has a definite shot. Um, goal number two for the Richmond Kickers. I have to say, I tip my hat to Neil. This was the perfect cross, and I'm. I I know every week I talk about my kickers three on three team. Um, I'm going to talk about it again. Avon is in my three on three team, and we're only throwing alley oops to that man. Because, <laughs> like, no, like, low key, yo. Like, how many times have you watched basketball? You just seen, like, a, a like a center or a power forward, like, lining up, like, they're going up for an alley. Like, because when this cross comes in, Neil puts this to the back post. Because at first, I really thought, like, all right, he's going to try to put this into the middle and try to create a scrum or something. But he puts it to the back post, and you can see, you can see a Vaughn, he's on side, and he's just slowly, just slow walking. He waits. It's like a it's like a very distinct moment. He waits for the North Texas defender to stop and push up, and then he goes. And then another thing, like how many times have we seen it where because he had to time this perfectly. If he jumps too early on that, that ball goes out of bounds. And if he jumps too late, the keeper saves it. And literally, he jumps and just puts enough of his forehead on it. It goes right into the back of the net. It looked like a perfect alley-oop. And, man, y'all don't want to know how many curse words I said when we scored that second goal? <laughs> I, I would like to know. I'll tell you this much. I scared my dog to the point where she jumped off the couch, ran upstairs, and ran back downstairs. It ran outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Eva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like man, what was y'all emotions like when we scored that second goal? Because I'm not gonna lie to you, because <laughs> after Zocca scored and North Texas was about to, it they almost like came right down the scored, huh? How they almost came right back, you know, down right. the and scored. Yo, I yeah. really thought they scored. I was really like, all right. And after that moment, I was like, look, just playing for the draw. Just get the draw, get up out of here, call it a day. And to score mm-hmm. that second goal against North Texas, I, 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 it's no way to describe my feelings at that moment because I would not have thought we were winning that game. Not saying I don't believe in my team or anything like that, but I mean, come on, like, what? Well, you're you're saying you're acting like uh, scoring stoppage time goals is hard. Yeah, <laughs> this is what the Richmond kickers do. This is what you know, new kickers are all about: stoppage time thrillers. <laughs> Heart attack ruse. That's what we are. Heart attack. <laughs> the heart attack ruse. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh, Yo, no, it, I mean, it was, it was I mean, a great moment. Like I was the same way. I was like, all right, let's take the draw, get out of town. Draw is a good result for us in, in this moment. Uh, but yeah, you know, being able to get that is you know, definitely a lot of. Uh, yeah, I wasn't in the situation to be able to you know yell and swear uncontrollably like 
uh, you know, some people were, but definitely, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, very happy, you know, uh, you know, pop about off the sofa, you know, you know, fist pump in the air, all that fun stuff. And it's a good time. Good time. Yeah. And, you know, especially knowing that, uh, gives a, a little bit, you know, extra buffer, you know, going into these last three games, uh, and, you know, controls a hundred percent firmly in our own hands now. Yeah. So real quick, before we talk about, um, what this game does for us in the standings of, you know, locking up a player, so stuff like that with this, the kickers for the first time in USLE one history, do the double over North Texas, um, coming into this game, when North Texas scored first, they've only only lost one game. Well, now two, both of those being to Richmond. And you know, we're like like you said, Matt, multiple times, like the time for moral victories and moral defeats and things like that are done. Like you know, it's coming down to the nitty gritty. You need to figure out what you're doing to solidify the playoffs, but. A win like this, a comfort behind victory like this, in the fashion of which we won it, I think very much boosts the kicker's confidence and kind of gives them that. It, it You can tell this is the difference of a team that's going high into the season end versus last year, a team that's kind of faltering and stumbling into the last place of last year. What you guys think? Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely one of those situations where this type of momentum, if it continues into the last games of the season, um, can really lead into a deep run in the playoffs because just by the nature of that momentum. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, we have another home game against um Domingos uh this coming Saturday. And I think there is a possibility of again another win. And and if that continues and continues and it just it's just win after win after win and we push our way up the table just out of nowhere, it, it will lead to a playoff run where the kickers are going into a, into the playoffs with the momentum that no other team has. At this point, so yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. no, I'm, I'm. I mean, at this at this point, we're we're the only team with four wins out of the last five games. Um, we, we out of the last five games, we have maximum points. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's fun to see. It's fun to be a kicker fan right now, right, guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. It, it's a really good, you know, bookend, you know, to what's been a, a really busy three weeks, essentially. You know, they've been, you know, four games in three weeks, and especially, you know, we just finished up a three-game week in particular. You know, you think back to the first game of that streak, that Toronto, you know, game. wasn't going great. It was, you know, not much was happening. And then we get that last, you know, second, uh, you know, header from Terzaghi to, you know, get us – you know, the winner push a little bit of momentum, you know, forward. And that, you know, pushes us into, you know, the busy week. You know, pretty thoroughly, you know, take care of Chattanooga. Get the, you know, big uh, rivalry win 
over Madison, you know, then go through and, you know, cap it off with that stoppage time, you know, winner, you know, in North Texas. Uh, you know, I feel that, I mean, obviously on the table, that's made a huge difference. You know, went from looking very perilous at best to make the playoffs, you know, up until the 90th minute of, you know, the Toronto game, you know, to the point where, you know, get one, one more win almost certainly does it, but, you know, even, Another draw might be enough, you know, to lock it up at this point. So there's a lot, you know, of positive, like you were saying, a lot of positive momentum, you know, going. Uh, and the guys get a little bit of a breather right now. And yes, it's a normal week at this point. But after you know, playing a midweek game, and you know, they ran, you know, Darren ran the same starting team out there each game over the last week, you know, because he found what was working for him. So. Being able to get those guys a little bit of a rest you know, can only help moving forward. Uh, no pun intended there. Right, right. So, God, this is this is probably the biggest week that we this is game against Florida. Only win the Henny Derby, but you also more than likely lock up a playoff spot. This is the game. Is the last home game. For the Richmond Kickers, uh, just real quick, thirty seconds. How excited are you for this game, knowing that so much is on the line for this game? Uh, basically, we win this game, we're locked into the playoffs. Point blank, period, and. Five games ago, I don't think I would have felt that we would be at this point. Um, four or five games ago, I was very skeptical of, of what was going on with the kickers, and it seems to have clicked. And the kickers have just, it's clicked, and they just took off and haven't looked back since. Um, this, I am hoping for them to continue this. So let's go ahead and beat. The Flamingos again, that pink team up north. Let's go beat them again at home and just keep steamrolling. I, I mean, even if we solidify that playoff spot, give me some more wins because we need that momentum going into the playoffs. Matt? Yeah, that home game. Yeah, that's why That's why you need to you keep on winning. You know, yeah, obviously winning's fun and that's a good enough reason, but yeah, the team's got – in a playoff spot right now, that would bring a home game. And I want to be able to lock that up. You know, we were talking before started recording. It's been seven years since there's been a home playoff game at City Stadium. That's too long. Uh, so being able to get that, you know, back into some November soccer in Richmond, you know, got to want that. Uh, the added benefit, you know, get, get another winner on Saturday, uh, that, Put a serious, serious, uh, you know, damper on Madison's playoff hopes. Which, I mean, if, it does, if you're listening to this and that doesn't make you happy, why are you listening to this? <laughs> Got a question, you loyalty? Look, I would love it. Let me. Well, I can't start on that because I'm already of a king at Newcastle. <laughs> I would love it if we beat them, but I'm just gonna say it would be thoroughly enjoyable. To not only win the Henny Derby, clinch a home playoff spot, but knowing that we knocked Ford Madison out of the playoffs, 
didn't even think I, about that one. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can officially knock them out, you know, as early as Saturday. Uh, but you put a huge, huge, uh, you know, dagger into their heart. Yeah, that all depends on what Tucson does and what. Uh, it depends what Madison does on Tuesday as well. They play yeah. the Reds tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this Monday. I just for the record, uh, you know, so part of it, you know, depends on that as well. And you, there's an argument to be made out there that it's better, you know, for the kickers if Madison gets a result against the Revs because, you know, we're fighting the Revs for a potential, a playoff spot, B home game, you know, so, you know, you know, look, depending on which way you look at it, pick your poison, you know, pick your preference. You know, it depends if you look at it as the positive or negative side. Yeah, right. I think um, I'll be real quick. Let's talk about the games that probably kickers versus keep an eye from. Definitely uh, that Tuesday game against the Revs in Fort Madison. I also think um, another game that and you can you can have it on TV, but you don't have to pay that much attention to it is Tucson versus North Carolina because if North Carolina takes any points off of Tucson, that, that helps the kicker chance. And then obviously on Saturday, while the kickers are you know winning and drinking Hennessy. Um, I think Greenville Revs too is another game you can look out for, and then uh, that ten o'clock game Tucson and South Georgia as well. Uh, you can even look at Chattanooga Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's not completely out of it. Chattanooga's not uncatchable. I mean, unlikely to be caught, but kickers win on Saturday. Chattanooga loses on Saturday. All of a sudden, only three points back of a bye. Yeah, very true. So very true. Uh, very important question for for you as uh, you know the officially unofficial official founder of the Henny <laughs> Derby. Uh, so right now it's one 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 with one goal for one goal against for both teams. Right? What's the tiebreaker yeah. if it's a draw? Um. So the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker is uh, goal scored, and then right. So if it's a draw, it's still tied. Yeah. Um, so if it's nil nil, then it would go to the holder. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was stay with so us any regardless. Draw, any draw would go to the holder. Yeah, any draw would go. Yeah, because at, at this at this point, I mean, it's it's funny that you bring that up in terms of the basically the head to head. If we can get a win, you want to win. We're not yeah, talking draws. We're talking win. Oh, we want that win. I'm talking win. I'm talking win. We if we that. get a win, we can win out the season. Because I know Union Omaha is a very new team. But after forward, we're going up against two teams who have never beat us. And that's, that's one way to spin it, yeah. Yeah, that's one way to I spin mean, it. <laughs> we're, we're going up against two teams who have never beat the Richmond Kickers. Even though it's not the same team every year and whatnot, that still does have a psychological effect. Not to mention the fact that if we get the win against Ford, there's that momentum that keeps us rolling forward. And no team has been really head and shoulders really above the rest this season. Even Union Omaha, they've had their slip-ups. They've had their, 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 their losing spells. This is, it's very doable that we can win out the season. I'd rather hold that Omaha win till November. 
Yeah, we're gonna have to go win on a baseball field. Uh, let's pick a, a nice mid-November date to do that. Yeah. Well, scenario. One last thing we got here. If we do manage to pick up three wins, nine points, um, there's a. Uh oh. All right. Lost Elliot here for a minute. Uh, this is what happens when you, you start to put uh, yeah, too high of expectations out there. <laughs> so we're we're not even going to put that video out into the universe. Of, hey, hey, look, we'll hey, hey, out. chill out. <laughs> right, but like, chill out. Hey, hey, chill out. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, guys. Any last things before we wrap up? Um. Definitely, like we've all said, you said, Packers, sack though. Definitely for this game, it is the last home game. Pack it out. Like everyone that you know, make section O full, like to the to the back of the section. <laughs> oh, I mean, Phillips yeah, City I Stadium as a whole. I know this is this this would be a very big challenge and 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 not extremely doable, but let's try and make sectional look like Barra Bravo. Let's 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 make it look big. Let's make it loud. Let's make it. Let's make Forward Madison feel like they stepped into they stepped into hell. You know, I I <laughs> like I I I want I want noise. I want fans i want i don't want the library let's let's close the li the library is closed on saturday you're letting everybody know the library is closed on saturday let's make some noise let's make some noise for these kickers because they are steamrolling through to the end of the season let's let's cheer them on through look here's the other reason a couple other reasons you know fill out the stadium a want to take umbrage with you know the phrasing that elliot threw out here you know a minute ago this is not the last home game it's the last regular season home game, you know, because boys are going to take care of business, going to lock in, you know, home playoff game, and we're going to get you know back out to City Stadium in November. But you know, get people out there so that way they're going to get hyped, they're going to enjoy the good time, they're going to want to come back for the playoff game later on. Point two, you know, Forward Madison, they're gimmicking up you know things again and doing their little bus road trip making it you know look like they have a lot of fans coming when they're really just bringing their front office staff and a couple of hand pick uh, you know, people with them, but you know they're going to social media it up and make it look like, oh, we're the greatest away fans of all time. Look at us. We're so awesome when they're most of the people there are being paid by the team to be there. Speaking, speaking of away okay. fans, I want to know who was in North Texas because when Yvonne scores that goal, he's definitely pointing to some fans. I mean, some my guess would be Ethan Bryant's family. Yeah, because he played in Houston. He played for the Dynamo, right? If I remember correctly, so you might have still have family down there. Okay, all right. Because yeah. I was like, first of all, when when Zaka scored the goal, I was like, there was way too much positive cheering for it to just be North Texas fans in there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let me get back to my crapping on Madison right now. <laughs> yeah, so remember, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, they, all the pictures of, ooh, look at Madison, we're so great fans. Let's not forget, most of those people were North Carolina fans, you know, just latching on because, ooh, Connor Tobin, he's so cool. He uses, you know, a dumbass personality on Twitter and, you know, that everybody thinks is, you know, funny, and, you know, which really is just cheesy as hell. Uh, 
you know, so we're going to go root for him you know, because he played for us. Hey, guess what, dickheads? Yeah. Here, Fitzgerald played for you for a long time, too. Way to represent your boy, you know, up here in Richmond. You know, so that's what you get now finishing in last place in League One. Uh, you know, but they're going to be there. You know, might get, you know, the little, uh, you know, ooh, you know, uh, I, I get, you know, Madison sending me all the merch, so I'm going to you know come to town and you know pretend like I you know root for them, even though I'm from you know Virginia and everything. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. You know for that one. Uh, you know, show up. Let's not even let them be able to spin that. Oh, we took over their stadium or any of the other you know dumb crap that they're going to put out there on social media. You know, dropping another you know jersey to distract from their team is absolute trash garbage this year. Show up. All red. If you wear something close to pink, get the hell out of the stadium. All red. Actually, probably black, because let's be real, Darren's superstitious. He loves his all black. Uh, Richmond Dubs. That's what we're going to do. As always, guys, it's a pleasure doing this podcast with y'all. Listeners, you can listen to the show on all podcast catches. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram at River City ninety three, and on Facebook. Give us a like on Facebook. We have a Facebook page where I put the episodes at. Make sure you.